Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mino Lion Media presents Business First. Hi, all, and welcome to a new edition of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today we are talking with Daniel Betancourt, who is the president and CEO of Community First Fund. Welcome, Daniel. How are you? Doing well. Nice to meet you and see you, do, Sonia. Do you prefer Dan, Daniel, Mr. Betancourt? Well, when I get in trouble, my mother used to use Daniel. So Dan, <laughs> and my high school friends are Danny. So if you're feeling okay. in the mood, you can call me whatever, whichever one you want. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining us because I know you're a really busy gentleman. No. Um, you're working with an amazing organization called Community First Fund. And I would encourage our, our listeners to go on and look at your background, look at the, the organization, but to also listen to the, the success stories. But before we get into the crux of what you do, want to get a little bit about your background. You've been with this organization for almost 25 years. You have a strong financial background. Um, what were you doing before you were introduced to, to this organization? Well, you know, Community First Fund is a community lending organization uh, been around 30 years. And so uh, I was a banker, a uh, commercial lender, uh, right out of college, uh, right out of business school. And, you know, a couple of years into my career, I was vice president and came over, you know, 20 some years ago and uh, haven't looked back. What is about the organization that really encouraged you to, to stay as long as you have? Well, I mean, so, you know, the primary mission of Community First Fund is um, to provide uh, loans, access to capital and business counseling to entrepreneurs of color uh, and specifically, you know, Latinos and African-Americans. We know uh, for too many reasons uh, don't really get a fair shake when they go to the, to the, to the banks and, and financial markets. And, um, you know, our organization was founded by African-American Latino leaders to go out and raise capital to do something like a novel idea that maybe we should lend lend the people in our community. And, um, and you know, we've gotten paid back at higher rates than what banks get paid back because, you know, we can get into it. But, I mean, you know, when you treat people with dignity and respect, you get that in return. Um, what's fascinating about what you do is you do way more than just lend money yep. to um, small businesses. You truly are a community development organization. Your, your five pillars are economic security, affordable housing, uh, food resources, accessible health care, as well as educational um, opportunities. Is, is that what you've grown? Is that how you grew under yeah. your leadership? Are those the, all of the areas that you have um, expanded into? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a view on the type of lending that we do. Uh, a lot of um, community lending organizations like ours were community revolving loan funds, as they were known. And today they're known as community development financial institutions or CDFIs. The fancy term for, you know, these revolving loan funds that were created back, you know, 20, 30 years ago. But what you described there, uh, you know, the job insecurities are entrepreneurial lending. And then when you start talking about fresh food, that's us working with, you know, entrepreneurs of color who want to start, you know, grocery stores and supermarkets in their region. So we're working to solve that fresh food 
food insecurity or, you know, neighborhoods that just can't get fresh food. And then, and then the other things that, you know, so we, what we ended up figuring out is don't lend just to lend. Sure. We're solving for helping communities of color, but what are the challenges that community have? So one is obviously job insecurity. And that's where the entrepreneurial piece comes in. Another one is obviously we know we want our communities to have fresh food. So that's where our fresh food financing come in. But then other things like, you know, educational focus, like we need, we should be lending to daycare centers and charter schools. And, and also, you know, like not everyone has a medical home. So shouldn't we be lending to, you know, federally qualified health centers and doctors and, and things like that. And then finally, you know, affordable housing. I mean, you know, um, we should we should make sure everyone has a clean, safe, lead-free home. So lo and behold, we should be working on, you know, developers of color. So it's, it's just too easy, Sonia, to say we're going to go lend to entrepreneurs and then, you know, ignore all the other needs that communities have. And so, you know, that's why, you know, uh, Robert Wood Johnson calls it the social determinants of health. And you just said it right there, you know, health, you know, have a healthy home, a health home, have a, you know, a place to live in that's dry and clean, you know, the pieces on education, educational attainment, right? And those, there's intersections. If you don't provide someone a job, it's going to affect your health. If you don't help people finance education, you know, they're not going to be able to get that job. And, and just so these these pillars, it really interact with each other. So I won't, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that, um, you know, just providing loans is going to solve all that. But if we're, if we're going to provide loans, we should be doing it in those areas that are going to make our community stronger. And did you understand that before you got to this organization? Or no, is it something that I, you learned? I, I, you, you know, uh, the community taught me that. I went to school in the community. And so what I learned, what I knew before, as a banker was we provided loans and products. I thought more like from a product orientation, oh, you come and you get a small business loan or it's a, you know, it's a large business loan. And what I realized in community, when you're in community, the community tells you what the needs are. And so I started thinking less product oriented and more like, no, we got to solve community problems and use capital, access to capital, not just for entrepreneurs, but to these, you know, these housing CDCs that want to build housing. And to these, you know, these other, you know, um, assets that I just described that want to try to turn the community around. So it was an, another way was saying, thinking about it is there are other partners that are working on these challenges or these opportunities. And if, if they have access to capital, we got to think beyond entrepreneurship, but think about all the other areas that we just talked about to affect our communities and, and make them um, and help them thrive in ways. Because, you know, honestly, think about it, you know, an entrepreneur on the first floor and then, you know, we have other pillars and, you know, other centers in the community trying to help that community thrive. Right. It's an excellent example for what this should look like across the country. Are you having these conversations with donors? Yes. Um, so folks? <laughs> we are one of the largest community lending institutions in the country uh, and we do have investors. So the way that we're structured, just, you know, how bank has depositors, where do we get our capital? We got investors kind of looks like a CD where you can go invest in money for five years and you get a return. So we, like a bank, has to have depositors. Ours are just, you know, um, five or 10-year investors. And we get them from, you know, the Sisters of Charity, their pension funds in Houston, or the Sisters of Mercy in California, and and uh, and banks all across the nation are like, well, you know, we, we know we're not reaching this community. So, you know, we better at least invest in this community lending institution. You know, foundations and investor endowment, churches investor parts of their endowment funds and um, and even private individuals invest in community first funds. So all that to say that we already are recognized nationally. We're getting investments all across the country. And I think this model went from proof, proof of concept, like could you lend to poor people 
marginalize people, oppress people, and get paid back at higher rates. And no one knew that, if that was going to work. But the nuns were the first ones, right? And we knew that we had to pay them back. Otherwise, you know where we're going, right? I use that word, we're going south. Um, and so we made sure that all of our investors were paid back because our clients paid us back because they appreciated how we treated them. Wow. And and that's what's powerful when you watch your, uh, so your website is set up beautifully where you can see many of the success stories. And so when you're listening to people speak in really basic language about their challenges, hear from people who where English is is definitely a second language. Uh, as I was telling you earlier, you know, it evokes a lot of feelings of emotion because you know, you really do see the dream, the American dream happening for people and happening for people who would normally just be marginalized or, or, or just hoping that this could happen. What are some of the, either the, the, the people or the stories that have really moved you on this journey? It, I think, you know, um, I, one story, you know, um, is, and I call them Af- Afro-Latinos, you know, in the Latino community, you know, the Black Latinos. And when you have Leopoldo Sanchez, who came to us for, you know, what was then a bodega, and then he came to us for, you know, a neighborhood grocery store for $350,000 loan. And now, you know, he's putting a supermarket and he needs a $6 million loan, of which we can do only half of that, $3 million, And we found an organization in New York, to do the other three. And so, but I will tell you the majority of the loans that we do are to, um, you know, this gentleman, uh, Keon, Mr. Keon, he just transports people who are disabled from the hospital to their home. And he needed his first car, a minivan, remember the word minivan, uh, back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And he's on, you know, mini, I guess it's a van now, van number 20. And he has like, like employees driving, you know, Keon transportation. And he's in, you know, um, you know, Harrisburg, PA, because we lend from Harrisburg to Philly and up to, you know, Allentown, Bethlehem and Easton. And so those are the stories that drive me. You saw those stories there on our website, but they're real people. And uh, Sonia, a lot of times people thank me or thank us. Hey, thank you for doing this. And I want to say thank you for being a serious business owner. And we're just unleashing what you've already done, honestly. And so my job is to raise capital, but their job is just to do a good job for their family and their community. And, and yes, pay us back so we can help other people along the way. You know, we do have fun along the way as well. And I'm glad you mentioned, yes, that they are people, because I think when we have these conversations around community and lending and borrowing, um, we, we just think of it as this, this, um, these equations of, of money going into, uh, into communities. And we don't really see communities as people, but, um, and I think that's what's so powerful about hearing these stories when you see somebody, you know, say, yeah, I want to open up a, a barber school. I want to open up a, a childcare center. This is the mechanic shop that um, the, 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 the services that you kind of take for granted in, in your yeah. neighborhood, right, that you are supporting those things. Um, I'm sure your team, um, what, what's the dynamic of your, of your team like in terms of um, making these, these dreams come true? Well, we do have, um, we're, you know, we got a better quarter billion dollars in capital. That's a, that sounds like a lot of money, and it is. Uh, when I walked in here, we had um, 300,000 in the little revolving loan fund. We can only do loans like five or 10 million, five or 10,000. Whoa, that was all. Five or 10,000 dollar loans when we were 300,000. And I knew that we had to grow the organization because here's what one thing I didn't want to happen, that that entrepreneurs would run out of cap, wouldn't have enough capital. We were undercapitalized then. And so they, today we have a staff of about 70 covering that eastern, southeast PA, 
with six offices and you know we're obviously one of our largest offices are right here in north philadelphia covering the city we're here um in basically old kensington if you think of gerard and second and um you know it's it's just uh what about our staff most i mean most of them are uh, represent the community african-american latino lenders and they just get it they just get how to talk to our community they're bicultural bilingual they know how to lend to immigrant populations that you know don't want to show their income and then you know it's like well you know uh, we got to show that income to, get, to provide that loan and just having those what we call business counseling bringing people along into the capital markets and just getting them to keep growing their business and just throwing a whole heck of a lot of capital at them because you know like i said earlier they deserve it they know what they're doing and all we're doing is getting out of the way and, and just not putting up those barriers that they're used to getting. Your stronghold is um, in Pennsylvania. You're also in New Jersey and Delaware. Yep. Um, is there interest to, to grow? I would imagine that there's interest to grow into other areas as well. Well, what one of the things we're doing, so most of what we've been talking about is business lending. And, you know, remember I told you one of the other things we want to focus on is housing and We've done, we work with developers of housing, but never consumer lending. And so we just got our charter for a credit union. Unbelievable. We've been thinking about this and just got it in July. And we just opened up our first branch on the day after Martin Luther King Day. That's pretty fitting, spiritual if for me. Uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we've opened up our first, first, and I say first branch. Uh, our second branch, I'm going to open up in the next two to three years, um, working on the capital campaign right here in, in the old Kensington area. Um, we are, um, you know, and we're just going from there. And then we'll, we're looking at Harrisburg and these other towns of Reading. And um, what we're going to do is try to use technology, you know, through our mobile app. Um, just went live, download on, on, on uh, from Apple, uh, the Apple store. Because what I learned in COVID was something interesting, right? I learned that um, poor folk um, can use their phones. They applied for grants. And we got them money. They signed on their phone, and we and we did DocuSign. We did all that stuff. We did things with our clients in our community. What I didn't tell you, and my partner Devin, um, you know, Alan's your partner, one of our political consultants. We went to the state of Pennsylvania and asked the governor, and Senator Hughes and the other senators and reps helped us get two hundred million dollars because our black and brown businesses did not get PPP dollars, and so we distributed two hundred million dollars in average of ten to $20,000 grants across the entire state. And 40 million of that 200 million went right here in Philadelphia. And then we did something else. We went to city council and said, hey, we got $200 million in requests from Philadelphia and give us another $40 million. Because we, we wanna make sure we get at least half of those applicants. And so they gave us another 40 million. And then the Senator just recently, uh, we said, look, the hair salons who were closed by the Department of Health and you give us another 20 million and we just got that from senator hughes and others and the governor and so we've been busy getting grants to business that have been devastated by COVID. so we've been up to other things um other than this credit union idea i told you about our normal lending and we what happened was we came together as a communities there's these other community lending organizations particularly black-led uh cdfis here in philadelphia enterprise and and others vested in beach there's a number um and of course, United Bank, you know, um, you know, Miss Miss Smalls, um, uh, um, and you know, uh, United Bank uh, was one of our partners, and and so the whole idea was to get this federal money to make sure that our businesses uh, got grants at a time that they really didn't need loans; they needed to be supported, and, and and I think we were in alignment with the state legislature around that, and it 
know, again, if it wasn't for Devin Allen and, and people like, um, you know, Senator Hughes and all his Senate uh, and, and House colleagues here in Philadelphia, it wouldn't have happened. Well, you are to be commended on that because, as you know, in, in, in a lot of the coverage around these loans, black and brown businesses suffered tremendously. And it, it wasn't for the lack of wanting to, to get mm -hmm. a loan. It was a lot of them just didn't know how. They just didn't know. Yeah, um, or they they may not have had the paperwork in, in place. And did you run into a lot of that as well, that there were businesses that just didn't have the paperwork together? Did that mess them up in terms of being able to get these loans or were you yeah. able to help mm -hmm. folks in those conditions so as well? So I'll tell you that that if you recall the, the PPP program through the SBA ran through the banks and you had to have a relationship with the bank. A lot of banks said, if you're not a, if you're not a, um, a customer, we're not going to give you that forgivable grant. We thought that was de facto discrimination. I said that to banks. I mean, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't, um, I just, you know, speak truth to power. Um, and it's not to say that banks, you know, didn't help a lot of people because they did, but only, I would say nationally, only 15% of entrepreneurs of color got PPP money. And so we um, said to this legislature, we're going to make sure, and they agreed that half of that 200 million state version of a PPP program would go to entrepreneurs of color. And it turns out that when you when you want to go half across the state, 70% of that money, that 80 million I told you in Philly, the city council, 40 million, 40 million from the state, half, 70% of that money went to entrepreneurs of color here in Philadelphia. So we made sure that that number was way north of 15. And, how, and to your question, how did we do that? Because we didn't, we didn't have to underwrite people. We just had to say, if you filed your tax return, you showed income, we know you had a loss, we gave you the money. This wasn't about credit score. This wasn't about you know, credit underwriting. This was, you know, upload your tax return. In the behind the scenes, we did a little bit of due diligence and wire you the money. Sign it on your on your computer, sign it on your phone and get it out. So in other words, meet people where they're at, believe in them, get the money out. That's the business that we're in. And I, I have to say that, um, you know, um, Congressman Evans, Dwight Evans, um, was a champion. Uh, he made sure that, um, you know, we, we took advantage of these federal programs and called the governor and made sure this happened, along with, as I said, Senator Hughes, among many other um, unsung heroes. I mean, all the state reps and all the senators of Philadelphia made sure that the CDFIs got that capital to get it out to black and brown business in Philadelphia. Can't say that enough. A lot of times our elected officials don't get credit. I say this to them directly. Um, but every once in a while, we should appreciate the work that they do on our behalf. You mentioned that you have a lot of diverse investors. Yes. For those who aren't, yeah. Um, what have you been able to either share with them, impart to yeah. them? What What have they learned about uh, this experience? Um, I think the investors learned that, um, you know, they should put capital in the communities that they want to affect. You know, it's great to, to invest in you know, the stock market and, you know, our, we should all have, you know, invest our 401ks and all that. that's all great. But a part of our money uh, foundation money or bank money should be invested in institutions that uh, represent the very communities that they want to help. And, you know, like I said, you know, we're a pretty large CDFI. Um, we have, you know, our payback rates um, in, during COVID were higher, were negative. Like, in other words, we provide so much cash on the balance sheets of our clients, they paid us back at higher levels than they did before COVID. We had a negative charge off. So what does that tell you? Treat people with dignity and respect, and they, they just return it back. And to me, that's spiritual, and it's biblical. And so, you know, I am a son of a preacher, so I got to preach here and say, 
Um, always do the right thing, and it comes back to you in many, many ways. And we know that as a people. Um, what is what's next for you all? I mean, you talked about the credit union. You yeah, the first one. Right. So Philadelphia's next because you know uh, every nonprofit will tell you that their best kept secret. None of us are happy or proud of that. Um, and so uh, I don't think uh, Philadelphians know about Community First Fund. I don't think they know that um, that we merged with Fananta, local uh, um, CDFI that served predominantly the Latino community in North Philadelphia. I don't think they know that we merged uh, and that we have you know this capital available. And um, I just think that they, you know, uh, people just think they don't deserve they don't deserve to be treated right, or or they don't think they're going to be treated right. And um, you know they should be knocking on our doors and saying. We, we want to borrow um, capital because we want to do this in our community. And, um, and, and the nonprofits don't know that we lend to housing CDCs. And you already know that we meant, I mentioned those other areas that we lend to um, in terms of, you know, health centers and, you know, um, things like that, supermarkets, et cetera. Well, we hope to get the word out for you and um, encourage people to. The other thing I wanted to ask you is, is there... Um, an opportunity for young people in the community to also get a sense of what this can look like in terms of jobs or understanding, yeah. um, or there programs that you support for young young people as well. Well, in terms of jobs, um, there there um, you can look up uh, um, the CDFIs here in Philadelphia. Um, I think maybe Devin uh, Allen, who I mentioned, who's in the background here, can maybe provide those websites that we can attach to this pod cast um and um so you know coming out of business school coming out of you know four-year school um we can't we can't hire enough good local people um we're willing to train but as far as uh, in the general public um people can invest in organizations like ours we do have a prospectus we do file um with the department of banking which means that people can invest uh the minimum investment is a thousand dollars um and so, you know, it's like we have champions in the community investing in our fund. They get that return. But more importantly, you know, they can talk us up and learn about what we do. They're like they're almost like an owner because we invite them to our annual event. We give them an annual report. Um, and it's not a true ownership. You know, you're investing like a CD. But now you're, you know, you're tapped into a whole new energy of helping you know, black and brown businesses in Philadelphia. So for those who want to get in contact with yep. you and want to know a little bit more, yep. um, how can they find you? So our it's, you know, communityfirstfund.org. Uh, um, and you go in there, look at the investor page, and, you know, you can make a donation. I'm actually saying make an investment where you're going to make a return. You can make a donation. But I, I also want people to say you can make money on investing in your community, and it starts at $1,000. And, you know, we could even work with folks to say, hey, I don't have 1000 but I, I you know, 10 months, I'm going to put $100 a month in there, and then you'll, I'll have 1000 That's going to be my investment, and I'm going to keep it in there to help my community for many years to come. And then just, you know, telling, more importantly, honestly, most of our um, clients that we learn from are just word of mouth. Like, hey, someone starts talking about a business, I couldn't get it alone. And did you hear of Community First Fund? Did you hear of Enterprise? Did you hear of WRC? Have you heard of PIDC? I mean, uh, all these partners around. Uh, impact services and it just it just there's like a, a 12 organizations including including united bank here in philadelphia that have capital um and are eager to get it out well thank you for sharing your story for sharing the work that you do congratulations on everything yeah. um, we are going to continue to support um we're going to encourage our listeners to follow your progress 
and we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. It's a pleasure meeting you and being on this program. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next week with another great guest. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Lee. Associate Producer, Ariel Mancibo. Executive Producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And on social at business underscore first underscore podcast on IG. The Business First Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production.